I always enjoy chatting with uh, Debbie Schlussel. Debbie Schlussel is uh, probably best known for her work as a conservative commentator. She's an author. She's an attorney. She was one of the original political bloggers before everybody was blogging about politics. And we also like to take advantage of her expertise, as, or at least her passion, as a film critic. And uh, Debbie, it is great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining me on the radio again. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. All right, Debbie, before we get to movies, let me pick your legal brain for a moment. Uh, The Trump investigation seems to be kicking into high gear. And uh, just this week, it seems like the special master, Judge Raymond Deary, who was uh, suggested by the Trump team, didn't exactly seem sympathetic to the Trump argument that he had declassified all these documents and uh, seems pretty willing to let this investigation go forward. What's your analysis of this investigation as at the moment, Debbie? So when we spoke about this a, a little while back, I said that I was a little skeptical of what kind of documents he actually had there. And I said, you know, I'd like to see what they are. And I, that's still my view. But if he did have documents he's not supposed to have that do have sources and methods, as they're claiming, then that is troubling. You don't want people who are former presidents to have that stuff. I would love to see what Barack Obama has in his possession, what Bill Clinton has, um, what George W. Bush has. I, I think they probably all have things they're probably not supposed to have. I, I do think a lot of this stuff with Trump is is a little bit of piling on. I think a lot of it is we have midterm elections coming up, um, and I think it's interesting. There are all these Trump books coming out again. He hasn't been president for almost two years now, and I just think a lot of this is political posturing that's really unnecessary and designed really – to try and keep him ever from running again and also to make the Republicans uh, look bad and maybe to divide the center uh, voters away from the Republicans. Um, Again, though, if he does have anything he's not supposed to have, that's troubling. Um, I didn't like how they took the picture of everything spread out on the ground, which we know that they took from, you know, from where it was actually stored. Um, I just would like to see more for myself because the problem is that everything against Trump has become so political. And, you know, as I've told you, I didn't like him personally, but I did like a lot of this stuff he did. And that's why I voted for him each time I could. And um, I just don't like when the Justice Department is used as a tool Mm -hmm. of politics and you know, is that really what's the worst that's going on in this country that the Justice Department needs to use so many of its resources on him? Now, yes, there are people that are favorable to him or could be disposed to him that he appointed who've made some decisions that are against him. And I think that should tell people that, uh, you know, if they're deciding against him, maybe there is something there and he probably should have cooperated over the year and a half or whatever it is that they were trying to get these documents. And I do think sometimes he's his own worst enemy um, in terms of his behavior and also in terms of cooperating and being a little bit um, delusional and, and a bully. 
but I would like to see really what's going on, and we'll never see these documents. We'll never really know for ourselves, and that's the problem. When you use the Justice Department as a tool for these kinds of political things, when something is really legit, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, and everybody is – a lot of people are skeptical who are – you know, on his side. And I think that that's rightfully so given the way the justice department has been used. What did you make as an attorney? What did you make of um, the rather novel legal argument that he shared with your friend, Sean Hannity on television this week, Uh that a president can declassify documents just by thinking about it. Yeah. Well, my friend, Sean Hannity, (laughs) um, well, yeah, I think that that is – I think you put it in a very diplomatic way. Yeah, that's absurd. I mean, I do believe that a president can declassify anything they want to. That's part of being the chief executive. But just by thinking – Right, you got to let somebody that, know. That's <laughs> absurd, yeah. Yeah, okay. There has to be some kind of demarcation of what you're doing so the rest of the Right, folks have to know that it's now no longer classified. That's fair. Okay, I want to go through a couple of movies. Very new out this weekend, a movie that's been the source of a great deal of controversy, mostly because of what's been happening behind the the camera, is a film directed by Olivia Wilde, starring a guy, I guess, is her new boyfriend, Harry Styles. The film is called Don't Worry, Darling. What's this film about? Is this film worth seeing? So I did not care for this movie. It's very high on style. As far as story, I I wouldn't even say that this is at best a good Twilight Zone episode because that would be an insult, a bad insult to the Twilight Zone. This is really amateurish. Olivia Wilde, I think, is really an affirmative action director because she's a woman. She looks good. She's in an interesting romance where she's basically uh, left her husband, Jason Sudeikis, for this guy that's 10 years younger than her. I went to see this, by the way, at a special screening they held, and there were all these teenage and 20-something girls yelling and screaming and swooning over him. He's a terrible actor, Harry Styles, and I do believe, though, that this is going to do well because a lot of his teenage and 20-something fans are going to show up to see it. Um, It's I figured out what was going on, and once you figure out what's going on in the movie, it's just really not a lot there. It's long, slow, and boring. It's fun to watch the clothing and the period stuff. It's about this woman that's in this 1950s era um, setting like a, that's sort of like Palm Springs, and she's a housewife at home. And her husband goes to work, and she starts to wonder, we're in this city called Victory, and it feels like nothing ever changes and something weird is going on, and she starts to feel like an unfulfilled, unhappy housewife. When you figure out what's going on, it turns out, you know, I'm not going to give it away or anything, although I wish I I prefer to to save people the time and money, but it's really a feminist, hmm. anti-male uh. movie where the men are really all losers. All right, I'm skipping that one. All right, last weekend there were a couple of interesting films about twins that came out. One is called Goodnight Mommy. What's this about? All right, so this is a remake of an Austrian film. Um, it's a thriller. 
at first it's very scary and very eerie and you wonder what's going on, but you figure out really quickly, again, this is one of those movies that has a conceit that once you figure it out, um, I felt like it was a lot to do about nothing. I did like the first two thirds of it, but maybe like the end of it, I didn't like the ending and the last part of it kind of, fell flat and was slow to come home kind of a thing. Um, It's about these twins that go to see their estranged mother, and she's wearing this weird thing on her face because she's had uh, plastic surgery or some kind of procedure, and they start to suspect maybe she's not their mom, and something weird is going on with the twins. And when you figure it out, which we figured it out, a friend of mine and I, in like the first five minutes, then it's kind of... I felt like a wild goose chase to nothing. Yeah. So it wasn't for me, but it's probably the better of this week and last week's new movies. Okay, and what about the other film that has to do with twins, The Silent Twins? What's that about? The Silent Twins? Oh, my gosh. This is horrible. Skip at all costs. Ooh. It's supposed to be based on a true story, these two British twins who don't talk to anyone but themselves, and they go through therapy. Then, of course, they meet, an e- and by the way, they're black, and they meet an evil white American guy who basically uses them and has sex with both of them. And suddenly they start talking, except they become criminals and burn things down, and they get sent to an insane, asy- insane asylum, and one dies, the end. Oh, and there's the most brilliant people in the world, and one <laughs> writes a silly book. Okay, so Silent Twins not exactly getting a rave review. Also out last week was See How They Run. What's that? So this is kind of like an Agatha Christie movie, and it's supposed to be there's a stage production of an Agatha Christie play that's going to be made into a movie in London. It takes place in the 40s or 50s, in the 40s, I think. And Sam Rockwell plays this English detective who investigates there's been a murder on this set. You know, I love a good thriller. I like a good period piece, but I just felt this was kind of slow and boring. And so I really didn't care who done it. You know, it was one of those ensemble casts with a, a lot of different celebrities. It just, it didn't pique my interest. A lot it of films, better. A lot of films about women. Um, one, I guess, is The Woman King. Um, this has nothing to do with King Charles or Queen Elizabeth, I assume. No. So this is about this tribe in Africa, the Dahomey tribe, and it's supposed to be another supposed to be true story, except the whole thing is a lie. And when even the 1619 Project, which itself has lied about history and, you know, America's history. It says we are built on racism. When even they say that this movie is trying to cover up for black racism, I pay attention. And this, there was this group of women warriors, supposedly, that are so strong and can beat up all the men and kill them, which actually didn't happen in history because some French uh, people came and they actually killed 500 of these women that are were so st- tough and strong in the late 1800s. But this Dahomey tribe supposedly is fighting the other black tribes that are selling uh, blacks into slavery from Africa. But in fact, in real life, the Dahomey tribe's stock and trade was mm. selling blacks into slavery from Africa. So they weren't fighting slavery. They were the slavers. They also show the white European that come to get the blacks from Africa to enslave them. 
And it's funny because they actually don't show who really enslaved, who really was one of the major white forces in the slave trade, which is the Berber tribes and the other Muslim slavers. They don't show that in the movie, of course. It's just evil white Europeans. All right. So it doesn't sound like um, any you're too enthusiastic about anything this week. But if you're seeing if you have to see something, if you're hard up for something, see Goodnight Mommy. Exactly. And also, I would say on Netflix, there was a movie I liked called Champion about this uh, Polish boxer, who, a true story, who survived uh, the um, who survived Auschwitz. Uh, that's very inspiring. I also uh, liked on Netflix the documentary about the anthrax attacks right after oh, 9-11. Well, that's interesting. Especially uh, for New Yorkers. Oh, totally. What's that called? Do you remember that? I think it's called something like In the Shadow of 9-11, okay. the an- anthrax, something or other. If you put in anthrax in the Netflix search button, you'll find Got it. it. I, w- I will check that out. Okay. Um, the, the, all right. I will check that one out. Um, the anthrax attacks, I think it might be called, if, if that's possible. The anthrax attacks on, on Netflix. Debbie, it's always a treat to talk with you. Have a good weekend. Well, thank you, and I want to wish all your Jewish listeners a very oh, happy yeah. and healthy, healthy New Year, happy Rosh Hashanah. I, I, I'm so sorry. My sister-in-law would never forgive me if I didn't wish you a happy Rosh Hashanah as well. Forgive me for not mentioning that. Thank you. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you. 800-848-9222. I join Debbie in wishing everybody a happy Rosh Hashanah. 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 